0: I don't know what that means I think it means hello It might mean goodnight, not 100% sure Welcome to episode 116 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour I am your titular Stacey The host of this ramblefest mess And joining me in the parlour this month Is I think a newbie to the parlour She says, even though he's a mega podcaster Super awesome gent slash food blogger Slash geeky brummy type man it's ryan parish
1: hello i thought he was gonna call me stanley tucci though. It's like Fanderno Tucci.
0: <laughs> i don't know who stanley tucci is so it's
1: <laughs> he's one of those actors who's in everything and he's one of those faces like when you like recognize him he's good that's him that's
0: him oh i was talking the other day with uh with i think it was lee grice friend of the parlor about the fact that I've got this thing uh, where there's certain actors who I always just forget the instant I look away from them, like the silence in Doctor Who. And yeah. uh, one of them is Billy Crudup. I just forget he exists. And I'm like, who the fuck is Billy Crudup? And then he appears in something, and Rich is like, there he is. And I'm like, oh, that guy. And then he'll exit the scene and he'll come back. And I'm like, who's this? What's going honest, on?
1: That's pretty fair for Billy Crudup because he's <laughs> always like one of those kind of B list actors. That he's always like in the ensemble cast, but never the main character. Yeah. He's, he's just there for background noise <laughs>
0: A background face
1: Yeah like a cardboard stand, and they just wheel out to show in the background of a set to make it look like there's people there.
0: <laughs> a human pot plant. <laughs> uh, Where well, that's really mean. Hey, how are you doing, Ryan? <laughs> I'm
1: good, thank you. It's been uh, lovely to speak to you again. And it's like we've had you on our podcast for a fair few times, but um, I think yeah, this is the first time I've swapped over onto your side. It's great not to be like the the main host for a change. Yeah, Have a little bit of a relax.
0: And you're allowed to swear.
1: And I'm allowed to fucking swear. Yeah.
0: Woo, fucking cunty bollocks. Um, <laughs> love a good swear, mate. Well, welcome to the parlour. Help yourself you. to a piece of imaginary cake. I will do. I, I always have to say imaginary because I don't want anybody to think that what I've done is invited people to my house during a pandemic. Yeah. I have not done that.
1: <laughs> I mean, I've had plenty of cake over pandemic and lockdown, but it's oh, well, always waiting for another slice.
0: Same, bro. Same. The yesterday, the hubby came downstairs because, like, obviously, at the moment, one of the big sort of, you know, great things in life is food. Because <laughs> what else are you gonna do with your day? <laughs> uh, and he proudly proclaimed that he'd found out that the first of March to the eighth of March is uh, pie week. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he just placed a massive order on Pie Minister for a load of pies. And mash and gravy and stuff So I'm really excited about that arriving
1: (laughs) We had our Prime Minister pies yesterday actually
0: Oh god I love a Prime Minister pie Other pies are available But Prime Minister ones are good lads
1: yeah, I I mean, if, if they want to chuck some pies your way, I'm sure. That, <laughs>
0: I'm sure. Oh my god, if I could be sponsored by Pie Minister and they could pay me in pie, that would be amazing. Yeah. That would be legit amazing. They're not yeah. going to do that, but you know, but we can, we can but dream. A podcaster's yeah. dream. <laughs> yeah, so
1: it's, it'll make a change from Rage Shadow Legends, which is the sponsor for every other the podcast and the same.
0: Or like some sort of mattress. I don't know. Yeah. It's always a mattress. <laughs> like, who needs to buy a mattress that often?
1: Yeah, it's like. There's got to be a limit on the amount of mattresses you need to purchase over an annual basis.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like I'm pretty sure we've had our mattress since we moved in, which was like 10 years ago. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. nobody needs to know the state of my disgusting, <laughs> rancid mattress bedroom. Um, <laughs> we're, off, we're off to a good start, guys. Yeah. Look, it's Wednesday. I've had a really long week already. Genuinely feels like yeah. it's been, I've been at work like for a year. Yeah. <laughs> so... Let, let mm-hmm. me be the kind and gracious host and kick it over to you, Ryan. What would you like to talk about first? Right,
1: shall, we, shall we talk about the Alien movie franchise? I, have, <laughs> I know we've been discussing it before. Um, shall we? Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> where, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the good films? Do you want to start with the mediocre films? Or do you want to start with the slightly better films towards the end?
0: I, I just want to know what you think. Because here's the thing, right, guys. I... Previously to this, I have only seen Alien and Aliens. And over the past couple of weeks, Rich said to me, let's watch the entire Alien franchise and see what it's like. And, uh, sh- oh, cool, blimey, what a mixed bag.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Some highs and lows on that roller coaster.
0: What a mixed bag. Yeah. But the, the ones I'm most intrigued by, because I think we can all agree that the Alien versus Predator movies just shouldn't have happened. <laughs> yeah. They're not... They're not good. And they're not, like, one of them, I'm pretty sure, isn't even, like, interestingly bad. It's just, eh.
1: Yeah, the Requiem, is it? Which is the follow-on from the first Alien movie.
0: Yeah, it's just, eh. But I'm particularly interested to hear what you feel about Prometheus and Covenant, because I know. I know that universally, everybody loves Alien and Aliens. Well, Mm -hmm. people who like good movies (laughs) love Alien and Aliens. And I know most people don't really like Three or whatever it was called. Yeah. Did that have a name?
1: I forget. Uh, it, Alien 3 was the one that was directed by David Fincher, who basically completely forgets that he directed that movie and ignores the fact that yeah. he... I think it was his directorial debut. Then there was Alien's Resurrection, which everybody forgets. But that yeah, well-known Kleptomaniac, uh, Winona Ryder, and Ron Perlman in it, having a basketball scene.
0: Oh, yeah, it did. Yeah. What a weird movie.
1: Yeah. And then you've got The Predator, which was the Shade Black movie, which was crap.
0: <laughs> Don't sugar the pill, mate. Yeah. Say <laughs> what you really feel.
1: And <laughs> then there was Predators, which starred Adrian, Bro- Adrian, Adrian Brody, which was also crap.
0: I didn't mind that for what it was. It wasn't a Predator <laughs> movie, really. But, no. but, but, okay, so here's the thing, right. I... Yeah. Bear in mind, I had never before seen Prometheus or Covenant, and my only knowledge of them is that they are pretty much universally hated, especially Prometheus, Mm -hmm. by people who like the alien movies. So I was sitting down ready to do a hate of both of these films, and I really fucking liked them. (laughs) I really liked them both, and I'm very intrigued to see
1: your thoughts. I think the problem that most people have is because Ridley Scott did the first Alien movie, and it was it's it's a banger of a movie. It's oh my god, great. it's
0: phenomenal!
1: The cast are amazing. It's really tightly written. It's it's well designed. It's great sets. You hardly see the monster in it, which actually makes it better. Mm. And it, it's a great movie. It's one of those. I rewatched it this week just so I could compare against Covenant. Just just as a kind of like for like And it still ha- stands up to this day It's brilliant yeah. Amazing cast as well You've got Sigourney Wee You've got Ian Holm You've got every everybody who needs to be in that John Hurt Everybody is great in that film Prometheus <laughs> I could see where he was trying to go And is, is basically just trying to write a backstory for himself really Isn't he for the aliens? Yeah. Because, like, this, yeah. this, this is how the aliens came to exist And Prometheus is dull
0: <laughs> Okay
1: that's the only that's the only way I can describe it it's just a dull film
0: yeah I feel and I don't know whether I don't know whether it, Prometheus does better coming off the back of having watched Alien vs. Predator and AVP2 yeah like literally two days before <laughs> like I think we watched all of these movies in the space of a week so I don't know whether because my expectations were low for Prometheus because I knew most people hated it except for some reason my mate Key Um, (laughs) like everybody else I know does not like that film Uh, says it's boring like my only problem with that film was Guy Pearce's old man makeup which is the (laughs) literally most distracting (laughs) thing I have ever fucking seen in my life what is it why is it there and I kept saying to Rich there'd better be a fucking scene or at, at least one scene Set in the past Where he's a young man And that warrants The casting of Of Guy Pearce And he's like No there's not Don't Don't expect that And I'm like No no, there's got to be Because otherwise This
1: is really fucking stupid You at least get that In Covenant though yeah, yeah but it's like
0: three seconds. It's not even a thing. Alright. <laughs> oh, it made me so mad because I was like, just hire an old man But yeah. Rich was like, Well nobody looks that old, do they? And I was like, No, that's why his face looks stupid. Hire an actual old man who just looks old. God Or,
1: or, or at least hire Gary Oldman who can play any any <laughs>
0: Like, it just tickled me so hard Because I was like, this movie is taking itself so seriously And it's got, like, all this, like, slick set design And all the costumes are, like, very much You know, you might not like them But they are 100% what they're aiming for, you can tell And then he just comes on looking like a fucking clown I'm just like,
1: what? Well, that's the other (laughs) thing I was going to say You've got a great cast You've got Noomi Rapace You've got Charlize Theron You've got Michael Fassbender You've got some really strong characters even, Even including Guy Pearce a little bit even though it doesn't really do much in that film. But mm. it's a really great cast. The, as you said, the set design looks great. The CGI is kind of wobbled a bit nowadays. Mm. But you just expect something more. Is like the sparks missing to it. Because yeah. I think the entire film, all you're doing is waiting for an alien to pop up. Yeah. And that's the problem with it. The first one, you don't expect the alien to appear when it does. Yeah. It, it just pops up and then it's like, whoa. Whereas the whole of Prometheus, you're looking in the corners and you're checking to see when the alien's going to arrive, because yeah. because that's all you expect. And you don't even really get an alien in the film.
0: No, so when we were watching it, I said to Rich when it finished, like, why does everybody hate this movie? Because from my from where I was sitting, it, I'd just gone from Alien versus Predator 2 to Prometheus, and I was like, this film's fucking great, what are you on about? What is everybody smoking? This film is rad. I mean, yeah. I, to be honest, I do think Charlize Theron is a bit lost in it. I don't know what she's doing because she's a very good actress, but she's not doing anything good in this film.
1: And um, it falls into that horror movie trope of smart people doing dumb things. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole scene where Charlize Theron is running away from the rogue spaceship, which is basically tumbling towards her in a big circle. Oh, and she's just go to the a- side. A- run to the left or the right. Go just to the side. <laughs> fucking move. And then she just gets splattered. And it's oh, like, you're, yeah. supposed a, you're supposed to be a hyper-intelligent human being, and you just do that. It's like, just fucking move.
0: Yeah, me and Rich were shouting at the screen at that. We were like, why aren't you going the right? Oh, you silly. Yeah. Now you've been flattened. What are you doing? <laughs> but, <laughs> I, think, um, I think because I went into it with low expectations, I didn't mind. And because... So I don't know what the marketing was like for Prometheus when it came out, but Mm. Rich was saying that a lot of people were expecting an alien movie more than they were expecting an alien prequel. Mm -hmm. And I think because I went into it knowing that A, people don't like it, and B, it's a prequel, I don't think I was expecting the alien that much. I was expecting us to get to the point of where there might be an alien, which is what... Happens really.
1: Coming off the back of a- Alien versus Predator two as well, which always just sounds like a football score to me. Uh, <laughs> but coming off the back of that, I mean, even Adam's Family Values would be a better quality film than that. It, it Honestly, just, like, utter dross. That film.
0: I think I think I've had like nightmares that have been more interesting than. And my brain doesn't make any fucking sense. So, <laughs> yeah. like, it's just such a w- I, d- I just don't understand. I don't know. I did. There was a lot about the two Alien versus Predator movies that I didn't yeah. get. I think a lot of it was to do with how they had to try and sort of thread the humans into it. I hated this idea that the Predators come to Earth every hundred years to yeah. a fucking pyramid, and no one's noticed before. Like, In the
1: Antarctic as well, just like put it there where yeah, no, yeah.
0: where there's where no humans are really. Like yeah. it was just absolute daftness, and I was like, do you know what? The bits where aliens and predators were having a scrap, I didn't mind that so much. The effects are a bit on the rope side, but, yeah. you know, it does what it says on the tin, in it? But what I didn't it, want was, like, yeah, fucking humans meandering about where they shouldn't be. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, it reminded me very much of aliens as a concept, where you've got, like, all the tough marine people. Basically, they're just there for cannon fodder, yeah. and they just decided to throw the predator into the mix to... For a laugh. Yeah, a bit of a laugh, yeah. And it reminded me of the old Atari video game, which came out many years ago, which I think was pretty much how they got around to doing that. Yeah. But, as you, yeah, so from those two films, definitely every, anything is a step up. I mean, yeah. Requiem is, is well regarded as one of the worst films ever made.
0: It's <laughs> I mean. pretty shit, lads.
1: <laughs> but moving on to Covenant, this is going to sound weird. Even though Prometheus is a dull, boring movie covenant makes prometheus much better because yeah. it helps it's it helps it along so much and it gives it all the character depth that you could, should have had in prometheus
0: yeah yeah i think if prometheus was let down anywhere other than guy pierce's stupid face mm-hmm. um it was it was for me it was in having a character that you really cared about because i didn't even really care about nomi repass like yeah. there's i'm pretty sure in that because I might be getting mixed up because I've watched them all so close together, but I'm pretty sure Prometheus is the film where she does a little belly surgery on herself to scoop out a little alien.
1: Yeah, that's that's Prometheus. Yeah.
0: yeah. That 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 bit in that film, I was like, I know this is supposed to be tense because you're supposed to be worried for this woman, but I wouldn't have cared if she'd have died and an alien yeah. had started running amok. Like it didn't it didn't bother me at all. Whereas in Covenant, I was much more bothered about pretty much all of the people in that. I love me a Danny McBride, so I'm always going to yeah. be rooting for him. And Michael Fassbender, because I thought it was really clever what they did with having sort of like...
1: Having David and Walter play yeah. off against each other, yeah. Yeah, uh, except actually...
0: when they kissed, that was weird. <laughs> the stupid thing about that is that they were leaning in close together and I just went, kiss, and I was only joking, and then they did, and I was like, oh, no, I don't like it, I'll take it back.
1: Yeah, it's, it's like the ultimate movie wank, isn't it? We it's... Just... Yeah, it's...
0: It's just one of those things where I was like, I jokingly said it because I thought this yeah. is a hundred percent where, like in a in a romance movie, they would have yeah. kissed. But like, I don't know. It's just, and I, like I've got like I don't want anybody to think that I've got problems with dudes kissing dudes. What yeah. I've got problems with is dudes kissing themselves and the other their other self is really unwilling to be yeah. any part is not consenting to this kissing you yeah, know it's that's like that Simpsons like like where homer has like a daydream of him snogging himself and it's really unsettling for some reason
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of like it felt like very bad internet fan fiction that ridley yeah. Scott had like copy pasted into his script by accident
0: it was really weird cuz i get that you were supposed to be thinking like oh this dave is like a proper weirdo sinister yeah. You know, and considering they're both supposed to be robots and not really have that yeah. sort of a range of emotions, it is supposed to be a lot more unsettling. Which I totally get, but I was just like, I didn't know. I don't like
1: it. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a very odd scene. I think we're past the point of massive spoilers now, but oh, yeah. the whole bit where they find like what to face, Numi Rapace's splayed corpse. Yeah, and I was kind of like, it had no impact because, as like you said, I I. Just, I didn't like a single character of Prometheus. They were all idiots.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it, for me. It was just like I I enjoyed it as a sort of like fun romp, fun space yeah. romp. Yeah, um, I don't think. Like, obviously, it doesn't stand up anywhere near as close to the original, like, Mm. alien movie. I think one of the other things that the other alien films suffer from, though, is from being sort of tied to this, and I hesitate to say it, but, like, in air quotes, like, strong female character thing. Yeah. Where they keep trying to redo Ripley, and it doesn't work because it's not Sigourney Weaver. (laughs)
1: Like. the joyful thing about the first Alien movie is, A, nothing bloody happens for the first hour, which means you get a shitload of character development, which is great, because that's what every movie doesn't have anymore. Nobody bothers to spend the time building the characters up to a point where you care about them, which yeah. is a problem you have with Prometheus. And with Covenant, there's too many characters in Covenant. There's yeah. like the crew, like 16 or 17 people. So oh, like, I had to
0: laugh so hard at the, the guy who gets killed before he even gets woken up from his stasis. In Covenant, me, I was like, imagine James being, Franco. Yeah, imagine being cast in an alien movie and you don't even make it out of your fucking pod.
1: That's imagine being James Franco and being cast in that part and then getting burned to a crisp.
0: To be fair though, I was quite glad because I think I would have found James Franco really distracting. Like, I, he's not a person that I can accept as being like a serious character in something. He's I just a he, joke to me.
1: I think it was James Franco, Danny McBride, and maybe Seth Rogen. Just reprising their roles from Pineapplex. <laughs> it's a bit of an alien movie that would have made it so much better. The three stoners in space getting killed by aliens. Oh,
0: I really liked Co- I liked Covenant more than I liked Prometheus, and I liked
1: Prometheus quite a lot. Like
0: the I biggest do new...
1: parts of Covenant.
0: Yeah. I'm
1: not saying it's a bad film. I'm just saying it's there's too much going on in it. Yeah. Too many moving parts to make a coherent story.
0: think the biggest issue that i had with it was more to do with like effects and stuff because like you were saying about the original alien movie like obviously they did a lot of practical effects with like you know puppets and stuff Mm -hmm. and also they shot it in such a way as that you didn't necessarily see yeah you know an awful lot of the alien at any given time which actually makes it scarier because it's less you're Mm -hmm. less you, don't, you know it less, so you cut you know you know. Yeah. people are scared of the unknown. We know this, <laughs> so yeah. you know barely seeing a thing. It's gonna make it scary. Whereas in this, it's got like literally like fucking thousands of aliens just running around, <laughs> just yeah. constantly, and the and the effects are okay. I,
1: I did like their try on like having a novel twist with the chest burster, with having like the the airy fairy black dust floating in space going down the ear, yeah, and the the alien coming out the back rather than the front, but yeah. kind of like that that was their one trick in it and there's like nothing's progressed, I suppose is the way that's the problem with it. I
0: suppose it's difficult though being a, like being a prequel, it can't be too much ahead of, yeah, but it's, I don't know. I just, for me, I just feel like it lost a bit of the mystery because it was like, you know, there were practically aliens just like walking around and popping down the shops for a sandwich (laughs) kind of thing. Like they're just very, they're there. They're so there. And I was just like, it's really hard to be so scared of something that obviously looks not particularly real.
1: Yeah, and I think having David trying to be a proper bastard in it doesn't really work, because Mm. he's like some emotionless android. You don't really get that whole, always a nasty piece of work, I really can't dislike him, because his motivation's so clinical and boring and dull, it's kind of just like, well, there's nothing to hang on to there. Like when when he pretty much nukes the whole planet before landing. Yeah. It's kind of, you watch that scene and it's a bit...
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know whether I just like sneezed and missed it or something, but I couldn't fathom it why he wanted a planet full of disgusting nightmare alien murderers.
1: <laughs> I think the whole point was he wanted to replace humanity because he thought humanity had got to a dead end, and that was like his whole motivation. That he was created by humans, but he felt like he'd surpassed them, which was what the whole dynamic with him and Walter was. Because you got David, and then you got Walter, who's like a much later generation model but he's got no emotional range he's got no ability to create he's been nerfed basically so it's yeah. kind of like even though he's stronger and like can re- can heal himself he's much further behind in the mental capacity that david had cuz david being the first one but him now being like the creator of all aliens is it feels like a bit of a cop out
0: I didn't I, I really didn't mind that so much I genuinely think if you were to watch them all in a week you would be so thankful for prometheus and god <laughs> I think that's where I was at. I was just at a point where I was like, somebody redeem this franchise. I'm hurt. I'm (laughs) physically hurt by what's happening there. Because, like, even the ones that aren't, like, completely shit are so forgettable. I'm like, I just feel like you shouldn't be able to make a forgettable alien movie. Like, that shouldn't be an option.
1: (laughs) I think the problem is, is the entire franchise, since Aliens has just focused on... Well, first it was focused on Ripley, which is understandable, but Security Weaver's pretty much banked those checks now, and I don't think she's going to come back any soon yeah. after being brought back from the dead twice. <laughs> uh, but then if you take Ripley out of Aliens, you're taking the core out of the story, so yeah. all you're left with is the alien itself. And it's a great movie monster, and it, it's it's going to be parallel to one of the great times. H.R. Giger's design is brilliant on it.
0: Yeah.
1: But there's no emotional heart to that story anymore. Yeah, and every single one is now like a self-contained story. So Prometheus, even though it follows straight into Alien Covenant, you don't get any character building across that, except for maybe David. <laughs> Who doesn't
0: typically have a character.
1: <laughs> it's a brand new cast again. And every single movie's been a brand new cast. Even if we like expand it out, so if we include the wider universe, you've got Predator, you've got Predator 2, you've got um, Predators, you've got The Predator. Every time it's a brand new cast, there's no carry across between it. Yeah. except for the monsters and that i think that's the problem is you're rebuilding that dynamic relationship that you're supposed to be having with a hero every single time and it just doesn't really work whereas alien gave that first hour to ripley and then with aliens you got that character through and then three and three alien three i don't think is as bad as movie as probably gets made out to be i mean resurrection is pretty much a dumpster fire
0: uh, is but, three the one with the prisoners
1: yeah okay
0: yeah. I get so confused because I've watched them all so close together.
1: Yeah. yeah, Alien Three is the one on the prison planet, which originally I think the original script and I can't remember the details, but it was supposed to be like some wooden monastery in space. Oh, that's really weird. Like, yeah, see, I think that concept would have been much better.
0: Yeah, I really didn't like Three because the problem with having it being a bunch of criminals is that all of them were unlikable, and so you yeah. just root the alien. It's like, yeah. so, oh, I'm glad that he's dead.
1: <laughs> Good. But I think that was a nice closing off of that kind of Ripley timeline where she's she's dead now. Yeah. There is no way we're going to bring her back. She's been completely toasted in yeah. the middle of a fight for, for And then they bring her back for the next film, and you're like, for fuck's sake. Yeah.
0: I really disliked what they did with her in that one, because they. The, the great thing about Ripley as a character is that she is a regular human person, and she survived something fucking terrifying more than yeah. once. The last thing I cared about was like, oh, it's a clone with superpowers. Yeah. Like, that's not... Ripley, and then it got weirdly sexy with the alien at the end. I don't
1: like
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> back away from that. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think the other thing about Ripley in the alien movies is she's usually the only one who's making any kind of bloody sense as well. Yeah. It's like the Howell first film, it's like when they bring John Hurt back on the spaceship it's like, no, you stayed in quarantine and then she gets overridden by the captain and it's kind of like, no. If, if, she, if they'd just done what she'd said she could have just flushed him out of space in the start and then we'd all be fine. Yeah. But no, let's go and have a nice lunch with him.
0: Yeah. It di- I, di- I, f- I always find that film really funny in that respect. Because like I was saying to Rich, like if, if that was me, I mean, I wouldn't be in space for a start because I think space sounds terrifying. But mm. let's say somehow I've be- I've become part of a crew and I am in space. Yeah. If I see a guy with a fucking monster hand yeah. like stuck to his head... Yeah. My first instinct isn't going to be, oh, do you fancy a copper and a sauna, mate? Like afterwards, <laughs> I'm going to be like, do we need to put this man in the bin? Is that yeah. what needs to have I think we need to put this man in the bin.
1: You'd at least like lock him do down it. in quarantine somewhere, when you're Just like at
0: least for a day, at the very yeah. least, just to make yes. sure there's no side effects from the giant disgusting hand monster. <laughs> which,
1: is, which is basically just it's like the worst thing about having a dick shoved down his throat, basically, is what. Yeah. That, that's the whole premise of the movie. Is it's it's all about. The, the 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 fear that men have a pregnancy and the male pregnant thing
0: <laughs> it's not just men mate oh, i think yeah. pregnancy is terrifying
1: <laughs> but if, if i'd just been tongue fucked by a by an alien i would be like i'm just gonna have a lie down here for a bit guys and not all i could do with a slap up roast in an L
0: yeah your first thought is put something else in my mouth yeah that's not there
1: <laughs> yeah i do love that film though it's so good mm-hmm. But I think Covenant has left the franchise in a better place anyway.
0: Yeah, because I think Rich was saying that that was Prometheus and Covenant intended to be two parts to a trilogy
1: Yeah.
0: of prequelity. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. a, nice. a um, prequel, prequel trilogy, kind of like Star Wars, but yeah. Yeah,
0: I think it's left it in a space where I'd be very interested to see what happens next. So, you know, yeah. it's done I
1: extremely. Mean, that final scene, especially, is kind of like... Now I actually have some villainy going on here. Yeah. When he's got like the ring cycle playing in the background, it's like the entrance of the god. He's being a right bastard in this. Yeah. And it's like, oh, finally they turn into a villain, and then the credits roll, and you're like,
0: fucking hell! <laughs> it <laughs> is one of those things
1: movie
0: for that. Yeah, it is one of those things that I think. I think once we've got the whole trilogy, maybe that will feel like a better story. Because yeah. I think if you think about, like, say, I don't know, let's take the Marvel universe for an example. Um, and yeah. You could argue that. You know, you're not that bothered about Iron Man by the end of Iron Man One because he's still a bit of a prick and yeah. all this sort of stuff. But obviously, by the end of Endgame, you're in a fucking state
1: because
0: <laughs> yeah. you've built up all this like Tony Starkness. Um, yeah. So you know, maybe over this by the, end, by the time we get to the end of this trilogy, maybe all of that character development will make sense. Yeah. It's just obviously slower. Because of it being, you know, it's been made as a trilogy rather than as a singular bunch of films. Am I making any fucking sense? No. (laughs) Thanks, Rich. Love you.
1: (laughs) I understand what you mean. It's kind of like watching Infinity War without Endgame. It's kind of like you're missing those final beats.
0: Well, it's, yeah, it's like, because I I know there was a lot of um, sort of complaining when Endgame came out, or when when Infinity War came out, where a lot of people were saying, oh, well, I haven't watched all the, you know, cinematic universe movies. I don't get this. Yeah. But to me, that's like tantamount to saying, oh, watch the season finale of Series 3 of Buffy and I don't get it.
1: Like, yeah. of oh, course oh, right.
0: you don't, because you've missed 30-odd episodes.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like, I've read The Goblet of Fire and I don't really care for these kids. So it's like, yeah. you know, all of their expositions. <laughs> yeah, this yeah
0: exactly. Like, I just don't understand that. So, like, yeah, maybe this is something where it's building over time.
1: Yeah.
0: And we were just perhaps too eager for more alien. I don't know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, it, it's such a great concept and it's such a wonderful monster to play around with. Mm. And I think you see that very much in Alien, where it's, it is your your textbook horror movie, whereas Aliens, it's pretty much your your full-on 80s action movie. Yeah. And you, you're allowed to do both, and they both work really well. But I think, yeah, and then it just falls down because people just don't know what to do with it. And even Ridley Scott himself seems to like be unsure what to do now. Yeah,
0: which is a bit of a shame, really, because it is... Yeah. It's like you say, it's a good world to be playing
1: in. Mm -hmm. And if if you take the expanded universe into account, you've you've also got Blade Runner in the same universe. Uh, You've got Serenity and Firefly in the same universe. Let's not talk about Joss Whedon because he's a massive (laughs) villain. Yeah. And I think even like Soldier movie with Kurt Russell counts towards it. I have not seen it. Yeah, I think that movie kind of ties in with the Blade Runner franchise. Uh It has the same co-writer, and he basically lifted some of the battles from, you know, like when he talks about Proxy and Five and all those kind of things. Mm -hmm. I think he lifts those and shoves them into Soldier.
0: Ah, I only saw Blade Runner 2049 like a month ago. so.
1: I mean, another dull movie that looks fucking beautiful.
0: Oh, I really liked that film, but I think I was wowed very much by the style Like if you ask me what happened in it, I'm not sure I could tell you.
1: I think the problem with that is Ryan Gosling (laughs) can't act his way out of a paper bag.
0: (laughs) He's such an odd one for me. I think he's entirely hit and miss. Like there are some actors that you know what you're gonna get, but with him, it's just like you could get something fantastic, or you could just get like you know the human pot plant.
1: Yeah, it's Um, kind of like which which of his three expressions is he going to wear for this movie? He worked so well in Drive was he was just this miserable shit, so it just worked for his character. Where yeah. He could just put a frowny face on for the whole film and nobody would complain. <laughs> yeah,
0: I haven't seen that either. Mm. I, so no, that can be another one for the, the lockdown list.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I wouldn't go out of my way to recommend Soldier, but officially mm. it kind of counts. I think in that kind of crossover university weirdness.
0: Yeah, talking of uh, cross- crossing over University weirdness, what an amazing segue, Stace, well done. T- top-notch host, uh, are you up-to-date on WandaVision?
1: Yes, I am. Okay. I have been writing reviews for the Geeky Brummy website, shameless plug.
0: <laughs> you can do those at the end, jeez.
1: <laughs> but, uh, yes, I am fully up-to-date. and
0: uh, We're going to spoil this, guys.
1: Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> somebody who's enjoyed the comics... Mm. It's been really fucking good because I can't predict where it's going to go because they're just taking the comics completely mix them up. Yeah. So you expect it to be House of M. You expect it to be part of the Vision storyline. No, they're just doing their complete own things and they're taking little elements of it. So you keep being led down one garden path and then they completely subvert it and it's been great for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where I was very sceptical of this when they announced that they were doing it because Wonder and Vision are two characters that I don't think have had much time in the movies for me to really care Mm -hmm. Um, and i'm not that bothered about them in comics either like i've never gone out of my way to read vision or scarlet witch stuff because i just don't find them particularly interesting so i was very much of a mindset of like rich is going to want to watch this so i'll just exist in the same room while it's on it'll be fine um and within the first episode i was like this is phenomenal who did this you're amazing (laughs) Yeah. Like, what even the F is going on um, and I love I absolutely love that it's they're doing it weekly because I know the internet is chomping at the bit for them to like finally reveal what they're doing but I love that I don't know because I love sitting and stewing on it and thinking about it and talking to Rich about it and just being like what is going yeah. on
1: <laughs> I think the joy of it has been as well because we missed like an entire year of the dopamine hit that is an MCU movie Yeah, where we've just been restricted to having one division. If you if you've been invested over the last fifteen years now, I think almost thirteen years, two thousand and eight. So we had thirteen years worth of Marvel back to Iron Man one. If you've been invested in that for thirteen years, then you had a year of nothing, and then it's kind of like, oh, there's Marvel eyes straight on it. it." Now. (laughs) <laughs> and every single pop culture website under the sun has been like, "Shit, we got stuff to write about, guys! Quick, <laughs> quick, get to your keyboards!" <laughs> All yeah. the YouTubers are there going, "Quick, what theories can we make up?" Oh, Easter eggs!
0: I was just going to say, if I see one more article that tells me about Easter eggs that aren't even fucking Easter eggs, I'm going to go mad. Don't try and tell me that Wonder wearing a comic style fucking Scarlet Witch costume is an Easter egg. It's not. It's not yeah. an Easter egg. That's not. You don't know what an Easter egg is. If you think that's an Easter egg, you stupid bastard.
1: And um, I, I, I think I saw one of those where they said Tommy and Billy are actually characters in the Marvel universe.
0: Mate, I oh, know. Well, I was. Well, I've, I I have to like avoid looking at the internet some days because it is just full of these like oh like five things that you would have missed and then it's something really obvious. So you like yeah. You're telling. <laughs> Why were we there? It's such good content here. Why are you scraping the barrel for nonsense? Yeah. So much you could say. Like, the thing I absolutely love about Division is that it's given Paul Bettany the chance to, like, wiggle about in his comedic chops. Because who knew he yeah. fucking had comedic chops? Well, this we- is the
1: other thing I mentioned, he has been in Marvel since 2008. He was in the first Iron Man movie. He's been in it lo- as long as Robert Downey Jr. And people always forget that that he was Jarvis first.
0: Well, it's the thing about like you know Vision and Jarvis is that although he's always injected sort of like a personality into it, he's never really been like a character. Yeah. Really, but I've just absolutely loved. I mean, particularly the sort of ones that were the, the earlier couple of episodes that were oh, set yeah. more in the 60s. Yeah. He was so funny, like, and he's physical comedy was fantastic as well, like i was just blown away because i don't think i've ever seen paul bettany in any other movies than marvel movies because i am a dreadful human being
1: i'm trying to think what else <laughs> and it's it's thin on the ground because i know we went to the u.s early in his career and... i feel
0: like been, like a yeah. shit tennis movie the once with like kirsten dunst or something but i've not w- seen it
1: wimbledon that was that,
0: it. Yeah, is that was that him,
1: or have I just yeah. totally misremembered? I think he was the bad guy in A Night's Tale. I've seen that either. Don't worry. <laughs> I don't think I will. I've got no option
0: to <laughs> if i am honest.
1: Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's kind of like he's he's made a life out of being vision now, and you know he's going to be on the comic convention scene for the rest of eternity oh, now god, when yeah. when the mcu finally does ever wrap up
0: god can you imagine what that'd be like i don't want to think about <laughs> it <laughs> it's not allowed they're not allowed to stop it. it's just got to go on at least until i'm dead yeah. <laughs> that's that's when it's allowed to end is when Karen, i've heard
1: kevin feige's god in, god emperor of humanity and just produces marvel content for eternity yeah
0: <laughs> that's that's what i want to happen but what i love about division is that like there's so many like speculations and things going around the internet, and nobody really knows, like, oh, is it Mephisto? Is it this? Is it that? Yeah. Um, you know, because, like, I was saying from the start, like, pretty much from the first episode, that, like, obviously, one has got some sort of control over what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would be intriguing to see whether it was just her or whether she's being manipulated somehow. Because, yeah. like, I know a lot of people have theorized that, you know, maybe the big bad is just grief. I say just grief, like, I don't mean just grief because grief is a fucking yeah. nightmare. But a lot of people are saying, you know, maybe that's what it is. Maybe she's having a break uh, mm. because of grief. But like, and this is going to sound really callous, and I don't mean it to. But if you take the timeline as it is, yeah, um, obviously from WandaVision We know this is taking place not long after the snap back to reality.
1: Yeah, over this goes gravity. Yeah, yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> um
0: yeah. like it's it's been five years since Vision died, and longer since her mm. brother. So it's like, what were you doing for those five years? That Do you know what I mean? Like, it feels like grief isn't... It can't be the, the, the well, sort of main... She,
1: no, but she was snapped as well. So she missed out on those five years. Shit, Was she? Yeah, she was oh, She was sorry, snapped. So she. it's only been ten days for her at this point in the series, because we find yeah, out that's... with, like, Monica Rambo's unsnappening, it's oh, only yeah. been ten days. So if that you think about it, the big fight uh, end Endgame, it's been, like... Five minutes after Vision's being killed, when she goes up against Thanos. Ah, uh, see,
0: I I totally blanked that she'd poofed. Oh, yeah. I tell you what, that unsnapping, what yeah. a annoying- nightmare it like i went down this whole rabbit hole and rich was like you've got to stop thinking about this because you will get stressed because i went down this whole rabbit hole of like if people are appearing back where they were when they were snapped five years ago
1: what
0: if what if they reappear in bed where somebody else currently is and they merge into a nightmare body horror monster or what if they reappear where their aeroplane would have been when they were traveling on holiday but there's not a plane there anymore and they just fall to the death i was having a
1: I'll tell you about this because it's kind of like what if you're like mid poo?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you just you just reappear on someone's lap on the shitter.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I did love that. I, it was stressing me out so much to think about it because like yeah, the thing like, as brilliant as Endgame was, they never really they had that they had that sequence where you see the sort of therapy session for people who've yeah. lost people in the snap, mm-hmm. but you never see because it goes from Endgame, everybody's back to Far From Home. Yeah, we're all over. we're having a little hug for the people we haven't seen for a while and now we're back on it back on our shit like so that you don't really see it from the point of view of the people who've been missing for five years but for them it's been a couple of days
1: yeah they don't really skirt over that in far off from home doesn't it it's like a couple of the kids are older and now they're in your class yeah that that was it basically it's it's, like
0: so you know, and the fact that they set that sequence in a hospital where it was just like absolute panic, yeah. I thought that scene to me was so powerful because I know a lot of people had a bit of a flap about it moving away from the sort of sitcom mm-hmm. sort of scenario for that episode where we caught up with like what was happening with Monica and how Sword got involved and all that sort of thing. But I thought that opening sequence was so powerful because the idea of just appearing back and like I don't know. Yeah. You know your mom that you thought was recovering from a surgery has actually died of cancer yeah. and everything's five years on and completely different mm-hmm. i mean you know yeah. how many people i know they touched briefly on it in far from home but like how many people must have been displaced from their own houses and
1: well what if you got f- remarried hadn't you had a kid with somebody else or something like that yeah.
0: yeah i mean i'd like to think if i disappeared for five years that rich would just full-on mourn me for like the whole five years Because I'm that great that he would just miss me that
1: much. Is he going to shave his head and become a samurai in Japan?
0: Yeah, he's absolutely not allowed to move on until at least six years after I've been missing, is what I say, because I could come back uh, after five. No. Um, (laughs) Yeah, like that that sequence to me was just like, you could probably do a whole fucking series about the people
1: that came
0: back and were like, what the fuck? Ah!
1: The other thing as well, we've not really touched on, is it Hartwell, I think, is... The main boss of sword now can't mm. remember his name. I think he's Hartwell. There's something definitely going on with him. I mean, because at the end of the last episode, we got the whole Project Cataract, mm. which again, I think that was them trying to like work out how Vision worked because they just had him on the table in little bits, where we see the bit of Scarlet Witch taking yeah. him back to reassembling him. But there's something definitely odd going on with that. And also, doesn't like Shuri have like a hard drive backup of Vision from Infinity War? She's she's probably just been unsnapped So I'm sure she's got a backup somewhere Oh
0: yeah, I hadn't even thought about that See, this is the problem with me And my terrible memory (laughs) I'm often forgetting Whacking great details Yeah, I've completely forgotten that they'd even done that with Shuri Because she was trying to remove the stone From him to begin with, wasn't she?
1: Yeah, and download his Consciousness at the same time So that's an angle they could play with But uh, I want to give some mention out as well To having Darcy and jimmy woo and monica rambo as a little team i just want a yeah. series of those three solving shit now
0: i love, I love darcy so much yeah. um I think she's fantastic
1: i just and really I, want them to do more with those three characters post this
0: yeah i hope but, they do because i would imagine like obviously the next thor movie is going to be a bit more guardians yeah. isn't it so i don't know if that would be
1: mm-hmm.
0: um if they would be that prominent i suppose in that world which wasn't
1: Yeah, she was pretty much in the Dark World and then she really wasn't in Ragnarok at all, was she? Because they'd they'd pretty much killed off the whole Jane storyline. Natalie Portman's coming back for Thor Ragnarok, which means, are they going to do the whole female Thor storyline?
0: Well, yeah, there's a lot of people sort of theorising about this, because I know they haven't... I I believe they said that she was going to play Thor. Yeah. Um, But, like, obviously there's a lot of speculation around whether that means for the whole movie or whether it's for, like, 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah,
1: because it's like a really grim comic story because basically it doesn't like the power of being Thor pretty much a killer towards the end it, of the comic it's run. somehow
0: giving her cancer or something yeah. like that. It's very strange. I didn't finish reading that, that run because I'm not, I'll be honest, I'm not a particularly big Thor fan mm. in general. And to be honest, I didn't really like the first two Thor movies. It's only when they started leaning into the fact that Chris Hemsworth can actually do comedy yeah, uh, and made him a bit more fun.
1: Yeah, cuz it's um, so straight-laced in the Marvel comics and it's just it's, it is like the typical Asgardian Viking Norse mythology miserable shit.
0: Yeah, it's the same reason why I struggle with reading Wonder Woman comics like I know there's so many people in my life that would slap me for saying that out loud. But I just find Wonder Woman actually kind of boring.
1: I, in... I was listening to your Wonder Woman 84 episode <laughs> in perfect going on here and I agree with you 100%. It's it's a movie that feels like Oh, we've got a budget. We best do something rather than actually having a gear and strategy to it.
0: What I found odd, and I don't think I mentioned this in the episode, so I'm glad you brought it up now, is that it seemed to me because, like in the first Wonder Woman movie, which I did really enjoy, there was a lot more like sort of action sequences where she was like really fighting. In this yeah. movie, it seemed to me like they really leaned on the lasso and her just swinging around or flying around. Yeah. There was an that. awful lot of like oh, I've grabbed a I don't know an overhead cable and I'm swinging. And I'm yeah. like, I don't want to see you swinging around. I want to see you actually doing a little fighting.
1: Well, the only major you get you fight was her with a rubbish CGI Thundercat. So,
0: yeah, but even that, a lot of that is her swinging around on the lasso. Like it's yeah. it's kind of it's really weird. But like particularly in comic form, I just find it just to be like unrelatably dull.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like it's just like she's got a thing now. She's got a lasso. That's got to be her thing for the whole movie.
0: That's the thing there. We've got we've got to, to utilize this. And to be honest, like, you know, it is a thing that could look there are bits where it does look great. I mean it it's difficult because of it glowing, it it's always gonna look a bit weird. Yeah. But it was just the fact to me that she seemed to be using it in fights where it it, it wouldn't make any form of sense. It's like she forgot.
1: Yeah. It. <laughs> it's like she forgot she had a sword. Or a well. fist. Or a, a fist, yeah. Or a bra- or a braces,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's bananas. But anyway, yeah, what we, we were we talking
1: about, Thor? WandaVision. <laughs> WandaVision. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, division has been absolutely fantastic. Comparing it to the other stuff we've had, so we've had, trying to think back to the other serial series, we've had, we've had Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Which, didn't watch. Highs and lows. We had Agent Carter, which Loved was that. great. Absolutely really? great. And got ch- cut off way before it should have finished. I wanted more early stories of the SSR. That was really annoying that they cancelled that when they did. And then you've got the Netflix stories, which were good in their own right.
0: I have been terrible with the Netflix stuff because I watched and absolutely adored the first series of Daredevil and the first series of Jessica Jones. Mm -hmm. And then I wasn't particularly struck on Luke Cage because I have a bit of a problem with fighters who are like, or with characters who are like, oh, I'm big and strong and I'm bulletproof. Because they can just like walk through a fight like there's no, you know, like with Daredevil. If you think about, like, you know, that corridor fight sequence that's fucking phenomenal from the first series. Mm -hmm. Like, Luke Cage doesn't get to have any of that because he can just walk through a room where people are shooting at him and then punch him in the face and it's done. Yeah. Like, like, uh, who cares? And then I never...
1: Jessica Jones being super powered, she still gets handed to her quite a lot as well.
0: Yeah. Um, And to be honest, David Tennant in that first series was just a nightmare. Like, he's so amazingly awful Mm -hmm. in it. But for some reason, I, I wasn't that struck on series two of Daredevil either because I don't like Elektra, yeah. and so because of that, I didn't. I haven't watched any of the others. So
1: I think <laughs> they're coming to Disney Plus soon. Actually, so I think well, I feel like the I exclusivity periods least, running out.
0: Yeah, I feel like I should at least watch Jessica Jones because mm. I did really like the first series of that.
1: I think um, Iron Fist ties nicely in with Jessica Jones, so you can like watch those as like. A double, um, not Luke Cage sorry, not Iron Fist. Iron Fist yeah. was the awful one. But apparently, <laughs> the Punisher was quite good as well, which I never got round to watching. But
0: I, don't, I, I just don't know why I didn't watch them because I, you know, aside from mm-hmm. you know, ticket, but it wasn't like I thought they were shit. I didn't think series two of Daredevil was shit or that Luke Cage was shit. It was just like ah, it's fine. It's not as good as the other stuff. It's fine.
1: You just fall off. Get round to watching them, yeah.
0: yeah. Like I really need to watch. I think season three of Legion. Mm-hmm. Like I, I fucking loved both seasons of that, but for some reason just haven't watched the third one. Like
1: I feel is, so sorry on? for Dan Stevens because he needs so much more credit for that show. That show oh my is God. fucking He's amazing. Phenomenal.
0: absolutely phenomenal. In that him and Aubrey Plaza, fuck me. Yeah, but it's like,
1: if they don't get picked up and move over to Disney Plus and get another series, I will be so annoyed because <laughs> I know they're gonna like, what? Well. well if we return back to one one division, that was a nice segue where we have the introduction of Evan Peters' Quicksilver from the X-Men universe, which where mm-hmm. Legion's based into that kind of thing. So I don't know. I, I think Evan Peters' Quicksilver is not Evan Peters' Quicksilver. I think that might be Mephisto.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure what to make of it. And so this is probably going to get me a lot of verbal punching. I don't like the X-Men. Never have. I find them whiny in general. Like, most of their stories are like, oh, nobody likes us because we're a mutant.
1: Yeah. And
0: like, that's it. That's the core of the whole story. And then some of them go, well, I'll, I'm not going to take it anymore, so I'm going to become a villain instead. And that's the X-Men <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, in general. And so, like, I've never really been a huge fan of them. And in terms of the films, like, I thought some of them have been great, some of them have been fine, and some of them have been absolute dross. Uh, like terrible terrible nonsense shite times Bit
1: like Um, the aliens franchise
0: yeah yeah, exactly an incredibly mixed bag but like when he popped up at the end of one division i didn't really know what to think for several reasons the first is because i don't know how i feel about them bringing the x-men into the marvel universe at this point because i feel like they have to do it in such a way uh so like basically me and rich were talking about it and i said the only way i could see it, or well, the only two ways we could see it happening, that it would make sense to this universe is Terrigen or but, some sort of parallel universe thing, because I don't think we can just suddenly have mutants in well, our
1: universe They did Terrigen in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and that's what oh, Daisy no. was so they can't really oh. reuse that storyline because that was the build-up to the Inhumans TV series, which was a bag Oh, of I
0: forgot that even existed
1: <laughs> Yeah, so that was the whole Terrigen thing with like Inhumans, and that's how Daisy gets her powers in it but i think it's going to be off the back of multiverse of madness because if you look at the original release schedule it was supposed to be black widow movie uh then it was supposed to be the eternals tv series then captain america and uh, falcon and winter soldier and then wandavision and doctor strange so they've really gone completely out of order with this to like fit in with pandemic that's probably because they're so far along with getting wandavision recorded they thought best bloody do that first because I think Falcon and Winter Soldier was midway through filming originally. So it was like Vision is supposed to be coming much later on to tie in with Doctor Strange. So I think there's a lot of stuff that probably was going to be silent, um, quietly dropped in in yeah. this stuff where we haven't had that chance. Like having the Eternal series could have made a lot of difference yeah. and we could have had a bit more with Falcon and Winter Soldier like building up to Division. So we could probably see that whole Falcon and Winter Soldier bit could have explained quite a lot of what's going on on division because they're going to be at the same time period. Yeah. So I think that probably like pampered them a little bit on how they can get around with this. Mm-hmm. But I I was completely blindsided by having the X-Men Quicksilver in it, because I was just like pointing at the TV and fearful <laughs> i never watched one of the X-Men movies after X2. It was like, well, who the hell is he? He's not I'm Taylor <laughs> Johnson. And I'm like,
0: it?
1: it's, him. it's him! And she's like, what? What? That makes no sense.
0: See, like, I had, like, a, the, the opposite reaction. Like, she opened the door and there he was. And I was like, oh, it's him because I don't think he's a very good actor.
1: Well, <sighs> I, I did like the kick-ass reference with him and Aaron Taylor Johnson being both in that movie. That was kind yeah. of like a nice little side-in. Yeah. But I agree at the same time, it's kind of like it's left a lot of questions. But if I go with my theory, so this is going to be, like, completely batshit insane theory now, in time. <laughs> so... The first five five episodes of WandaVision, we've had an animal in every single episode. Mm-hmm. So we had the lobsters, we've had the bunny rabbit, we've had the dog, and we've had all the animals up until this last episode where Evan Peters turns up. But I thought the animal was like the substitute for Mephisto every time. Oh. Like he advances the plot on every single time. Yeah. So like well, the, lobster, the lobster flying out the window, the the dog running off and fighting fo- Killing yourself by eating Agatha's plants. I think that's always been a lead up of how to like progress them through. Because (gasps) Wanda says in the latest episode she doesn't know how all this happened, how the hex started off. So I'm thinking, is it Agatha started off the hex, but Wanda has control over it because they're both witches. It's both the same kind of magic. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's uh, this is what I love about this show is that like. I know a lot of people have been saying that they find it confusing, but I don't think it's confusing so much as it's deliberately wanting you to think it doesn't want you to know what's fully going on yet. That's all. It's doing it on purpose to make you want to watch the next episode. Um, Mm -hmm. The thing that I found particularly interesting about it is like learning these little nuggets about Wanda not being completely in control. Mm Because from the first episode, I had the feeling that it was all her because particularly that sequence when vision's boss is choking and yeah. he sees he's just staring at Wanda and saying make it stop but stop it though yeah. just stop it and she's particular; she's not looking at her husband who's like dying on the floor she's specifically speaking to Wanda and telling her to yeah. stop this thing
1: and we've had more of that for the latest episodes with uh, uh what what do you want us to do about this that thing with herb yeah
0: yeah
1: <laughs> do, you, do you want me to change something do you want me to do something else and Wanda's like i don't really care
0: shall i take that again yeah. um But, like, the interesting thing is the fact that she doesn't really know how it's started, Mm -hmm. um, because that does raise a lot of... I'm just so intrigued by it. I love it. And I think Alison Bolson's been fantastic as well.
1: Oh, she's been fantastic. She's been amazing. But I think Katherine Hahn's been the big breakout for me.
0: Mate, like, I've always been a really big fan of hers, because to me, you can throw her in literally any role and she will act the fucking shit out of it yeah um, she's phenomenal like everything i've seen her in i've just been like yes you are fantastic and i'm so glad that more people think that now <laughs>
1: yeah yeah because i remember uh, i think she was in like was it 22 jump street or one of those films she's always got like those kind of minor great roles in before this she's so fantastic it's... in stepbrothers she did oh god oh, okay. stepbrothers
0: she's so funny but like i think a lot of people think of her as like a comedic actress but she's just genuinely great at everything um yeah. Yeah, I think she's wonderful. The only thing, the only like, if I was going to throw any criticism at it, is the fact that I didn't particularly like the structure of the Malcolm in the Middle episode because I hate Malcolm in the Middle. Hmm. Shit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we had, what was it, Billy doing his fourth wall break and talking directly to the camera.
0: Yeah, I've always, I've never liked, I think Malcolm in the Middle is terrible and I hate that structure (laughs) of the show where it's like, oh, look at me, I'm the main guy, I'm going to look at the camera and say the thing. I'm like, no, it's not what I want, except when it's Deadpool. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, that's the whole point of Deadpool, isn't it? Yeah. one of his powers is, is basically breaking yeah. the fourth wall.
0: But this is the other thing, is that, like, is Wanda in a position where she's sort of almost trying to get help as well? Because why else would she be broadcasting what's happening? Mm.
1: Um, yeah, we're getting definitely getting a lead up to Monica becoming Photon as well. With the whole, oh, your body cells have been changed by going through the hex twice. Yeah.
0: Although it did make me sad that they just sort of casually threw in the fact that Maria had died, like, yeah. off-handedly in net. It was just like, oh, yeah, she died a few years ago. Right, off your pot. Yeah. I'm like, hold oh, yeah. on. What? <laughs> like, yeah. good luck. She
1: dead, And it's been three years, even though you only found out five minutes ago. No time to grieve. Go back to work. Basically.
0: get back, get, back, get back to it, yeah. How about travel back in time to a weird sitcom situation? <laughs> oh, God, what a good show. that! I could probably talk about this all night, but we shouldn't. Yeah. I
1: um, mean, having Randall Park as well, sorry, is the only one I'm going to mention. Randall Park has been great. He, he didn't get enough time in um, and and the Wasp, I think. He's yeah. such a great actor. I mean, if you watch Fresh Off the Boat or anything like that, he's been really great in that as a series. And having him on screen more has been really fun for me. I think he just needs more time.
0: Yeah. I think that the one thing about him, though, that I think is they need to um, stop making him seem so incompetent. Uh, because, like, we know that he's not, because it, you can't be incompetent to work at a place like Sword or Shield or anything like that. Like, you can't be a complete boob. But...
1: I think it's feigned incompetence, though, because he takes those sword guys down pretty damn quick.
0: Well, this is the thing. Like, they show him to be quite competent occasionally, but then at other times it's almost like he's bumbling into things. And it's like, yeah. come on, like, let him be, a, a, you know, a clever dude. Yeah. You know, he's he's got
1: the chops. I did love that scene of like, and which one of you is the sassy one? And then he walks up with the coffee. <laughs> can't wait to see where this show goes. No, we've only got, what, we're over halfway now, so we've got, what, four episodes left, maximum? I think so, so, yeah. But there's a rumoured 10th episode, and (laughs) they're only saying it's nine, but there might be a 10th one. That's intriguing. That'd be really fun. They're getting longer and longer as well, I've noticed. It's like they're following that sitcom thing of where they've gone from, like that really short 20-minute sitcom. Yeah. I think the last episode was just over half an hour. Yeah, it's nice to see like a little few more minutes every time.
0: I had not noticed that, but it's mostly because I'm always so engrossed. Like it's one of very few things that I like. I won't pick up my phone and faff while I'm watching it. Yeah,
1: because it you demands to... all your attention. Yeah.
0: And God, I love Vision so much now. I never thought there would be a time when I would say, "Well, I love Vision," but um, I do. Does
1: it make you want to go back and read some of Vision's comics? Um,
0: maybe. I think I would have to get some recommendations though, because he's not. I don't think he's a character that I'm going to be like. Yeah, read anything with him in, yeah, kind of thing. Uh, yeah,
1: because, like, the whole synthesoid family arc is it's really worth your time reading, I think. Yeah. It's basically like when he has his own little fake vision synthesoid family. It's really yeah. good.
0: Nice. Um, yeah. We've been waffling for an hour, and we've only talked about, like, two things. I wanted to talk a bit about It's a Sin, if you've been watching it.
1: Yes, I've been watching it weekly, so Ooh. I am not all the way through. So me, me and my wife have decided that we're going to watch it. As a proper series rather than binge-watching it on all four.
0: Well, I, I did the thing where I was like, I'm going to binge this because I've got a day off and why not? And then I watched one episode and I was like, I can't binge this. Yeah.
1: It's
0: too much. Yeah. <laughs> like, good heavens. Um, it's, which were been... you up to? Give me a spoiler because picking. Pe- uh... I, d- I just don't want to ruin it for you. I can yeah, watch listeners, to... but you
1: can't
0: ruin your life.
1: <laughs> We're up to the episode where they all get arrested at the end.
0: Okay, so, so
1: try not, not, spoil not, it yeah.
0: Yeah, not actually too far from the end. Yeah, too this was a show that, like, so I watched it and I wasn't sure what to expect because I've never watched any of Russell T Davies' stuff <laughs> aside from Doctor Who, which yeah. obviously
1: well, he did Queer as Folk, which was a big hit back in the yeah, in the 90s, early 2000s, I think. Mm-hmm. And then there was Cucumber Banana Tofu, I think.
0: Yeah, I'd never even heard of that until It's a Sin came out. Mm-hmm. So I sort of went into it thinking it's an interesting premise. I don't know, because my only experience of Russell T being Doctor Who means that I often think of him as almost a bit silly, because a yeah. lot of the stories are the sillier you know, half of the, uh, mm-hmm. the Who's that we've had. So I didn't really know what to expect and good god it's good though
1: yeah totes emotional <laughs> it's it's a proper drama yeah in the in the sense of there's some comedic moments there's some very joyous and happy moments and there's other moments where your heart gets ripped out of your chest and stomped on repeatedly actual heartbreak cuz
0: yeah. if i was going to level a criticism at it The only one that I have is that I think that episode one felt rushed. So I think it's only, is it five or six episodes?
1: I think it's five. Yeah, I think we're four weeks in, so I think there's only one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because it feels like the the whole series covers like a decade. Um, For those of you who don't know what it's about, it's uh, it's about some people living in London in the Mm. 80s during sort of the AIDS pandemic epidemic. Not sure which word's the right word there, and so obviously it's it's a lot about sort of um you know the gay panic and uh, mm.
1: all Attitudes the attitude at the time, yeah,
0: yeah, um, and so like yeah, because I was thinking, oh, it's Russell T, like this is just going to be a nice jolly laugh in it, and mm. some of it is, some of it definitely is, but that the the thing that I found a, a bit of a struggle was that first episode. We seem to go from because there's a lot of characters in it, it's about a lot of people, and obviously he felt he must have felt like he needed to introduce them all in the first episode as much as possible, but it felt like we went to naught to 60 with their characters. And I didn't feel like I got to know them at all in that first episode because it threw so much at you.
1: I think we got more time on Neil Patrick Harris's character than we got on some of the main characters in that episode.
0: Yeah. um, Which was, so I'm going to spoil this. Neil Patrick Harris's character dies at the end of episode one of AIDS. And That really threw me, and not so much because I was like, oh, God, this is upsetting, even though obviously it was, but it was more because, like you say, they spent so much time building him up, and I think to the detriment of other characters. So, for example, Richie and Jill's relationship goes from they meet to they're the world's greatest friends inseparable forever in like
1: and living life. together. Yeah. yeah.
0: And it feels like there's no, like I don't understand their relationship in that first episode at all. I don't get why they're friends.
1: Yeah, I don't and know I think,
0: why they're so close.
1: Yeah. I think um, Roscoe gets the raw end of the deal there Cause he gets like five minutes. Yeah. Basically him leaving his parental home.
0: Yeah. And there's and all this build up of um, Neil Patrick Harris's character and his partner and then they're both dead by the first, the end of the first episode, and it doesn't really impact the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as much as Colin is sort of friends with them, and obviously he sort of doesn't see them again after that, we don't even really deal with his feelings around that, and yeah. the fact that, you know, we don't even get to see his reaction to Neil Patrick Harris's death, so it feels a lot like that first episode was focused on entirely the wrong thing.
1: Yeah, I felt a bit cheated at the end of it as well, because MPH was so great in that show. Yeah, for that one episode, he, he is a scene, scene stealer. He steals every single scene he's in. But he's absolutely amazing. He's got the upper British sensibility down perfectly.
0: Yeah.
1: And he is the only thing you can th- focus on because Colin becomes just a bit by the wayside with him in there. And for him to be, like, as we said, quite a lot of the focus of that episode and then for him to be gone, it's kind of like...
0: Yeah. And there to be no impact because you would expect yeah. oh, the, episode two, then this is going to be like a big ripple effect of something. Yeah, it's, it's not. We don't even see Colin deal with it, let alone any of the other characters we've been introduced to. No. I'm happy to report that by the end of episode five, everybody means the world to me and I want to adopt them all.
1: Yeah, <laughs> oh, Colin, Colin, just oh, like a heartbreak oh. from start to finish.
0: The thing about Colin, right, and this is going to sound like the saddest thing in the world, this is how starved for asexual representation in the media I am, Mm -hmm. is that I did wonder if Colin was a little gay ace, because he's one of few characters who is not really shown having any sex at all, Mm -hmm. or any relationships at all, or any intimacy, like no kissing, nothing. And I was like, oh my God, what if he's an adorable little gay ace? Oh, yeah. um, turns out
1: not the case uh. no, I mean, it's Especially in the last few episodes of Three minutes of episode three Yeah Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, Which like you know Obviously I'm not going to have a go Because it's
1: mm-hmm.
0: Russell T's story to tell And that's the way he yeah. wanted to tell it But for me it felt I felt very much like I could relate to colin in the sense that he seemed constantly like he was he didn't really know what he was doing but he was sort of enjoying discovering himself and other people Mm. you know making friends like it it felt to me like like i did when i was younger in the sense that like i wasn't really interested in sex and boys and all that
1: sort of stuff but i was kind of
0: fascinated by how other people were reacting to that sort of stuff
1: yeah Um, it feels like a bit of a missed opportunity i think definitely yeah but i think it was the only way they could Move his story on, I, I suppose, is the only way they could phrase it. Yeah. Because how else was what's going to happen to Colin ha- going to happen?
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, we're trying to be spoiler free as much as possible, but Judith is hard <laughs> with this series. Oh my god,
0: isn't it though? Like, so, What do
1: you think of Ollie Alexander though, as Richie? Because he's I kind actually, of like I, the main character, but.
0: Yeah, I actually think he's wonderful because um I know there's a lot of.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When people have like you know if people are like multidisciplinary (laughs) that's the best word i can think of for it because i work in healthcare well basically all i mean is that obviously he's a singer first but he's also an actor yeah i think he was fantastic i I, to be honest i think everybody in it really brought their a-game
1: i mean i thought lydia west was tessa thompson for the entire first episode
0: (laughs) yeah i I don't blame you that's yeah (laughs) I kept thinking I recognised her from somewhere, but I don't think I I just, yeah, she just looks a lot like Tessa Thompson. But yeah, I think everybody was bringing their A game and I do think the material was really good because one of the great things about the show is that, like, obviously I am aware of AIDS and everything that happened in the sort of, like,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. 80s, early 90s. But, like, I don't think I've ever been aware of it to that extent, if that makes sense, because it's not something that, like, you know, nobody in my family is gay. So it's yeah. not something that was ever, like, touched our family in that sense.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think also there's an awful lot of sort of, uh, an awful lot of the sort of pop culture and or just sort of, like, news about it is very focused on Americans.
1: Yeah, and I think it's been suppressed yeah. as much as, as as a part of, it, it's not something that's ever come out in any kind of major media before this show. We've not really had anything touch on the AIDS pandemic for anybody else pro- other than people probably in gay or... LGBT culture so yeah. this is kind of like the first time AIDS has been dealt with in a mainstream kind of audience way
0: yeah because I think I was talking to my mom about it because she was asking whether she ought to watch it mm-hmm. uh, and uh, she said to me she said no that I think about it she said I think the only film that I know or like the only thing that I've ever seen before that's even remotely related to AIDS is Philadelphia. She yeah. was like, I don't think that's, you just see that one guy. Like it's just yeah. Tom Banks. There's no sort of like wider implications in that film of, mm-hmm. you know, and the, the, the scene that I found particularly interesting was there is a bit where Ollie Alexander as Richie does like sort of a monologue to the screen.
1: Yeah.
0: Why he doesn't believe that AIDS is that much of a, an yeah. issue. um, and it's all like, cause like, Living through a pandemic at the moment, there is a lot of like misinformation and nonsense going around that is potentially very dangerous. But we are in a position currently where we have got more access to experts than we've ever had before. Yeah. And more access to debunking nonsense than we've ever had before. So but, like, thinking with yeah. the modern brain, it's hard to think about how people in the 80s didn't believe that AIDS was a thing to worry about because... But you know,
1: I think that is, again... A really good sign of modern times is there will be people who are un- unwilling to learn about it because that fear of the un- knowing what's unknown. I mean, we get that quite a lot with his story about him, not when he goes for his first HIV test, that he doesn't bother to get the results.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's kind of that thing of if I don't think about it, if it's just in the back of my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Then I don't need to worry about it. And I think that's what a lot of people have done with this pandemic. I mean, we've seen it recently, even in Birmingham, where there's been a nightclub being discovered and people out having going out drinking, like an illegal nightclub. But they don't see the wider impact of things like that. And you don't think of that journey where all right, it could be your grandparents who are you infect with COVID. You don't know because you've been out mixing with other people. And I think this kind of really highlights the last big pandemic in our mind in, that's touched our Western world, which probably was the AIDS pandemic. And we don't, I think we've lost the ability to adjust because that pandemic was so suppressed in the news of, oh, it only affects gay people, is what I remember as being a kid was. You don't yeah. need to worry about it because it only affects gay people. You're- well,
0: I was going to say, like I, and this is one of the things that I think was great about the show, is that It showed you that people who are smart as well can also be bamboozled by certain things. Because like Mm. Richard was talking about how, you know, people were saying that you could only catch it if you had sex with animals or, you know, all this like, you know, ridiculous stuff that's nowadays to us is completely ridiculous. But of course, at the time... Everything we heard about AIDS would mostly have been hearsay because it wasn't really getting reported in the news properly until it was a, you know, far too big of a thing.
1: I Um, I think there's a great scene when they're going through all the other cures about it and it's like, oh, if you have eggs every morning, that's going to cure you. Or if you drink battery acid. Good um, luck. Yeah.
0: Imagine being so desperate that you contemplate drinking battery acid. Good heavens.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I think that's what really hit home with me about this show is that there's – there's so much about something that's a relatively recent history mm-hmm. that I just don't know. And apparently as well, it's um, it's spurred on like a record number of HIV tests,
1: mm-hmm. this
0: year, which is phenomenal, because obviously it's a much more treatable thing,
1: yeah.
0: um, manageable condition.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so I think it's amazing that he's been able to do, I mean, Russell T Davies must be like, just yeah. so touched by the
1: idea it had a positive impact here yeah. mm-hmm. uh, i think we should pick up on the, some of the funnier sides of it as well there because we, <laughs> we talked about quite a lot of the dark side but i think like the stuff with um roscoe's character and stephen fry yes that that's like some of the nice funny bits that we see yeah um, and, yeah, we don't we get a lot of that, which I think gets hit, mixed in amongst that. I mean, most of the stuff that happens to The Pig panels is great.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I was having this conversation with Rich because he didn't watch it uh, with me because um, yeah. I watched it when I was having a, a day off. Well, <laughs> I started watching it when I was having a day off and then thought, no, you can't sit and watch five episodes. Yeah. <laughs> you will cry your heart out. Um, but we were talking and I was saying about the fact that actually one of the really good things about it is that it does have such a good balance between the the heart-wrenching and mm-hmm. the you know the hilarious and the joyous that it actually does make you reflect on the fact that yeah. you know, as much as it feels at the moment like we are in the shittest timeline mm-hmm. actually there are still really great things to be appreciating and you know yes. there's still like brilliant stuff to laugh at like you know and do you know what i mean there's still joy to be had in things it's just yeah. a bit different for now
1: and i think that one of the strongest part of that is having that community and yeah. It was a very London-centric community at that time. But having that, having that group of people around you, you know, you could trust and you could go out and enjoy and have, have fun with. Mm-hmm. And I think we've swapped that more to an online kind of aspect now. Yeah. But I think through the myriad of people who've had lockdown quizzes or just yeah. Zoom chats or catching up with other people like that, I think that's been very helpful. And although it's not in person... At least it's kind of, at least we can virtually have that presence. Yeah. Which we couldn't have had at that time. Because could you imagine if this lockdown had happened 20, 30 years ago? I don't, internet, I don't where, 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 Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No Netflix, no Amazon Prime, no internet. Yeah. N- no game consoles rather than probably a Commodore 64 and an Amiga. So
0: probably no ability to work from home. Yeah. Really, for most people.
1: So um, we're lucky to be how we are now. Yeah.
0: Oh God, yeah. And like, you know, not not to put like a weird point on it, but as well, like um, one of the brilliant things that I noticed from working in a charity is Mm. that there was a massive outpouring of people supporting charities during lockdown, because obviously there's a lot of like virtual fundraising that you can do. So that has been amazing to see that like, because I don't know about you, but you know, up until like early 2020, I was starting to wonder whether humanity ought to just be... You know, yeah. just sit and start again. You yeah. know, um, s- send along another flood.
1: <laughs> I, mean, th- I mean, there is a subreddit to go back to the MCU called Thanos did nothing wrong. And I think no. a lot of people might agree with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where, like, you know, obviously I know that there are good people in the world, but sometimes the the less good, yeah, more shit ones are more vocal or noticeable uh, or elected into questionable places. Um,
1: <laughs> so... Yeah, We've had four years of crap, really. If you put Brexit yeah. together, and although it doesn't really directly inf- affect us, it has indirect effect. The whole of Trump's presidency,
0: yeah,
1: has had a worldwide effect, really. And that whole focus on mine, 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 yeah, like, like we're back in the dirty eighties when the right, the right wing media was pretty much it's good to be greedy, yeah. it's good to like hoard wealth, and I think especially from probably Gen X down is no, it's not. And it's nice to see that reactions finally in.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, as much as I'd rather we hadn't had a pandemic, it has been really overwhelmingly good to see the support, like the swelling of support, especially working in an NHS charity. Cause, mm-hmm. But yeah, like uh, with It's a Sin, it's it's one of those things, though, that I wonder, um, like I was saying to Rich, I wondered whether it would have had such a big impact on me if I'd have watched it and we weren't in the middle of a pandemic. Like whether that has coloured, like, because I know I was talking to friend of the parlour, Jenny, about, mm-hmm and she was saying that she found it difficult to sympathise with Richie when he was going through his sort of AIDS denial phase. Yeah. She was saying, you know, she's got so little patience at the moment for COVID deniers because of the effect that they're having on the rest of us, you know, us in lockdown and whatever, that that sort of tainted that sort of scene for her. Whereas for me, actually, and I'm not saying at all that I think people who are denying COVID are anywhere near to being right, but to me actually helped me understand a bit more how people end up believing yeah things or wipe it because i don't think it's you know obviously that it, for some people it is just going to be the stupidity or
1: yeah it to, helps you understand to, to that
0: do what you want to do but yeah. there's going to be a lot of people who just don't understand the science or who hear something that sounds right to them and they they gel with it do you know what i mean and you know what yeah like with richie's character he was very much focusing at the time on the fact that you know there wasn't enough information and people were just getting scared for no reason and you know people say you can catch it from like monkeys and you know it's nonsense obviously but it was obvious that that was coming from a place of fear rather than a you know he's he's not an idiot he was just choosing to believe the things that supported his theory and so i can sort of not sympathise because I, I still think it's d- insane. But
1: <laughs> I think there's two sides to that. I think there's people who are cashing in on the whole denier side of it, mm. and they're using it as a platform to like get get famous and get sponsorship.
0: Yeah.
1: And at the same time, you said, there is that undercurrent of people who are feared, and it's kind of like, where do you get your advice from now? Do you do you listen to some crackpot YouTube video mm. who's got 20 minutes explanation of why COVID's all fake? Or do you go to the government who, given their current track record prior to <laughs> the pandemic starting, have not been great for many years for a lot of people, mm-hmm. especially in lower income. And yeah. would you trust them at the same time as where they've screwed your benefits over for the last six years? So I can, I can kind of see that from both angles of do you trust everything the government tells you?
0: Yeah, we've got deep. We've got really deep. in <laughs> um,
1: yeah.
0: So... Uh, and we're coming up on the uh, on the time that I need to shut up so that I've got a manageably editable um, doodad. Yeah. So was there anything else that you in particular wanted to talk about before we do our song recommendations for everybody?
1: I was going to quickly mention there's a great film on Netflix now, which I really would recommend you go and have a watch, which is called Space Sweepers. Mm-hmm. So it's like this um, Korean sci-fi movie, but it's kind of in the vein of like Cowboy Bebop style.
0: I love Cowboy
1: and Outlaw Star and any of those shows, if you've ever seen that kind of spacey sci-fi anime, uh, it just it just, it's just great. And you got Richard Armitage playing a bad guy, who Richard Armitage does great at work at because he's got a he's got the English accent for being a bad guy. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, you might have known it was Thorin from the Hobbit movies. Yeah. Well, yeah, they weren't they weren't as great as they we would hope. But Richard Armitage is a great actor and. But I really recommend it. It's really good. Just as a two hours, switch your brain off, kind of just enjoy it. And it it gave me a love of that kind of spaceship anime again. And watching it has made me feel like this is this is stuff that I need to revisit, like Cowboy Bebop.
0: Oh yeah. I um I started watching Cowboy Bebop a couple of years ago. And I think Mm -hmm. I got about like about 10 episodes in and I was loving it. And then I just stopped watching it. And I don't know why. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I really need to pick that back up again. But Um,
1: that
0: sounds great. And I will definitely give it a
1: while. And another recommendation if you like Cowboy Bebop is one called Outlaw Star, which is a 90s anime. It's dated a little bit now, but it's kind of that same kind of spacey group of ragtag people together vibe. Really recommend it
0: nice well if i'm going to throw out a quick recommendation that's more cheerful than it's a sin um, <laughs> if you've got the means to watch barb and star go to vista del mar um, mm. i would highly recommend that it is Kristen week and a lady whose name i've forgotten i didn't note it down because i didn't think i was going to talk about it <laughs> but it is like a ridiculous comedy slash part musical slash nonsense it's really funny mm. um, it's one of those things where if you don't jibe with that sense of humor you won't like it at all yeah but for me it was it really floated my boat it really tickled me um,
1: that snl style of humor
0: just almost absurdist like yeah just it's got some cracking stupid songs in it as well like i just had a really good time with it speaking of songs core i'm the master of segues today
1: <laughs> yeah all right so i had a long hard think about this
0: uh-huh.
1: and i thought what would be my intro music and you've gone silent so I don't know if I have got the wrong, wrong.
0: No, I'm sorry I was I was depressing the sneeze <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: it still feels like it's going to come out it's driving me a bit mad you know when you get that feeling right yeah. at the back of your nose and eyes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
1: oh god yes. yeah so I was thinking what would be my intro music if I was like if I was a wrestler or something like that
0: oh yeah
1: uh, and I do love a bit of French Electro I've been listening to a lot of that over lockdown like rediscovering some albums that I really like have yeah. you ever heard of a band called Justice yes so they're like Sim- similar kind of vibe to Daft Punk, but in my opinion they're slightly better.
0: Ooh, them's fighting words. They are. <laughs> yeah.
1: But yeah, in my opinion they are the more tech. Uh, Daft Punk are fantastic at picking like samples and making really good pop songs, but I think Justice just makes slightly better music. But I was thinking if I was ever like to enter a building and I wanted like that full bombastic thing, you know, like, like when Darth Vader gets off the shuttle in Star Wars, <laughs> where you just want that like big bombastic sound sound behind you. So I'm going with Justice and Genesis. Nice. Which is like the first so- first track of that album, but it's just such a great song. And it's one of those where I use that before I start exercising, just to, like get me G'd up
0: to pump you up i love a good bit of like pump up music before you yeah. yourself at a treadmill
1: <laughs> yeah so it's justice and genesis is my pick song wise i
0: have to have a listen to that because i don't think i've heard that one before
1: i think it's off their first album where it's just called cross or just might be titled justice and justice so yeah. it's one of those albums where they didn't bother to actually write any words on the front of it it's just a picture <laughs> of a cross
0: brilliant yeah thanks thanks guys <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, in the vein of a uh, sort of slightly pumping up kind of music a couple of weeks ago, uh, one of the members of TWRP, which is a uh, an amazing sort of electro rock, mm-hmm. I don't even know how to describe them, amazing synthy awesome band from Canada, um, tweeted about an album by uh, I don't know if it's a band or an artist, but uh, it's somebody called Judge Bitch. <laughs> Is uh, <laughs> she
1: part of the Dread Universe, by
0: <laughs> I hope so. Um, so they tweeted about the fact that this album was like absolutely fucking rad, and if you wanted to get yourself pumped up to give it a whirl, so I thought, go on then, I'll I'll, I'll give it a go. So it's entirely like instrumental, and the best way that I can describe this album is it's as though uh, several different '80s movies are having a, a training montage. So it's, like, synthy, but it's also, like, rad guitar solos. And it's also, like, and you yeah. just, like, punch stuff. Um, it's phenomenal. So the track that I picked is called Eternal Champion. I don't know if it has anything to do with the video game of the same name. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I couldn't tell you. But it's, it's, oh, God, it's just so, like... The cover of the album, because the album's called Temple Serpent, looks yeah. like a giant nightmare serpent has taken over a big castle-y thing. And it just looks like the, the album's going to melt your face. And I was sort of expecting, I don't know why, from the cover, I was sort of expecting death metal. So when I put the album on, and it was much more in the vein of like a, a an 80s action movie. Yeah. Sort of um, montage,
1: Retro-wavy vibe, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's just phenomenal. Like, it is the kind of thing that I think, uh, if I can ever go back to a gym, will absolutely be on when I'm on a treadmill.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: it's definitely the kind of music that's going to get you going for the day.
1: <laughs> Quite I mean, and who doesn't love a good montage as well? Oh, I mean, a good it, montage is the best thing about an 80s movie.
0: <laughs> I love a good montage. I wish I could montage my life sometimes when I'm doing something <laughs> really boring. Or like, oh, I need to learn this skill. Where's that like over the next two minutes can I just do a montage and I'll learn it (laughs) so good. Um but yeah. uh, Eternal Champion by Judge Bitch. And uh, hopefully if uh, if your track is on Spotify then both of those will be on the Parlour Recommendation Spotify playlist.
1: It will be on Spotify because I that's what I use for my music and it's it's you know when you have like the list of shame at the end of Spotify every year? yeah with the, this song you listen to entirely way too much it was just block party and justice for me
0: oh my god i think i tweeted not long ago about the fact that i'm like every year i say i'm gonna listen to more new music problem is i spend too much time listening to fucking podcasts um <laughs> like every year i'm like oh here's like 17 albums that i've got to listen to that i've never heard before and that are probably great presses play on silent alarm by block party <laughs> 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 like, like that is it's just me all the fucking time like oh, oh i really need to i really want to listen to this new album by such and such puts on paramore
1: <laughs> it's it's the lisa simpson uh, coffee meme gif I'm just like give me that good shit, and it's just silent alarm.
0: Just yeah, yeah, I love that. God, that album's so good.
1: I think it kind of one of those albums where you can just play it whenever. Yeah, there's just great uplifting songs in it. There's some doubting songs in it, and it's it's just an emotional journey from start to finish.
0: Yeah, uh, so there's another recommendation for everyone. Give that a listen if you haven't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> on on that note, Ryan, mm-hmm. Thank you
1: no. so much for joining me in the parlour. Thank- Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. It's been oh, a good it's fun.
0: Taken this long, yeah, to get you onto the uh, explicit podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's been nice being able to swear, put it that way, because so so many times on my podcast I'm just like, and it's and
0: flipping <laughs> great. Yeah, yeah. The other, there was a couple of uh, near misses during some quite important work zoom calls recently and i think in the one i ended up saying farts weekly which, which, which is a magazine that's a joke in an episode of a regular show i think so yeah. that wasn't really appropriate for the conversation but it was better than what i was going to say <laughs> would you like to point to my lovely listeners towards your internet presence
1: yes so you can find pretty much everything we do under geeky rummy on twitter facebook instagram youtube uh, or g-w-k-y-b-r-u-m-i-e always have to say the spelling because people always put brummy with a y at the end oh, it's like, it's not the official spelling of Brummie. it's not not the official spelling but uh yeah so said there's about five years worth of podcasts to go and listen to it's and not we've got me quite you on quite a few of them yes <laughs> and probably um gonna see more stuff on our YouTube channel as well so youtube.com forward geek I mean, probably gonna be a lot more going on there in the near future. Excellent. But It's been an absolute blast. Thanks for having me on.
0: Oh, no. I can't believe it's taken this long to get you on the show. That's ridiculous now that I think about it. <laughs>
1: it's been great for
0: A little bit bad, but I'm glad you've enjoyed yourself. And uh, listeners, we hope you've enjoyed yourselves too. Mm-hmm. Have a great rest of this month. I hope you've OD'd on pancakes. I had four yesterday.
1: I made 12 between me and Viv because I just oh, used a normal recipe. And I was like, I feel a- very fat at the end of that.
0: Well, see, we did the thing where we were like, let's have pancakes instead of dinner and just keep going until we die. <laughs> but because Rich, uh, Rich's appetite took a turn after after his hospital stay, because obviously they feed you a sensible amount of food when you're in hospital rather than
1: <laughs> the coach Rather than a normal amount of food that we're all used to, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, So like he came back and his appetite is like half what it used to be So he made eight pancakes and we ate four each And he was like oh I'm done now and just went into the living room And I was like I don't want to have to make my own pancakes Because I'm a lazy arsehole and they're not as good I don't know what I do but I don't make good pancakes I don't don't understand how you can mess up pancakes They're so easy but
1: I can do it I mean 80s TV kids legend Andy Peters apparently has a really good recipe Which is what we used
0: Brilliant. There was one year, and I realised that I said I was going to end this episode, and now I'm not even talking about pop culture, but this is important information that the world needs. One year, Rich made me pancakes, and he put orange truffle-flavoured baileys in the batter, and then we served it with chocolate syrup, and it was one of the best things I've ever eaten.
1: That sounds fantastic.
0: So good, chocolate orange pancakes. And on that note, everybody... Oh, shit, I forgot. I need to do a plug. I'm going to be on a live podcast...
1: Thanks. Oh, yeah,
0: the thirteenth of March, from ten am, I think I'll be taking part in the Superpod. Uh, you can find more information and all the links and all that there be is at superpod.co.uk, uh, raising money for Comet Relief. And I won't be able to swear, so that will certainly be an
1: interesting hour. Yes. And um, is the lovely Barry Nugent from Geek Syndicate joining you for that?
0: He is indeed. It will be a very live Stacey and Barry in the morning, which could be a disaster. <laughs>
1: <laughs> As so, all good breakfast TV should be. Uh,
0: absolutely. So um, I'm I'm highly anticipating like tech issues at the yin yang and me dropping a tea bomb or something. Tune in for that potential disaster and obviously give some money to Al and Comet Relief because they are
1: mm-hmm.
0: very worthwhile cause.
1: Yeah, I mean we were part of the Superpod. When was it? Back in 2017 or 18? I think
0: it was. I think it, it must have been 17 because I did the. I did my 24-hour show in 2018. Yeah. I definitely wouldn't have done them both within a month of each other.
1: (laughs) No, but it's a fantastic thing he's doing. And 24 hours of constant chatter is is a lot for anybody.
0: Yeah. I can't believe he did 36 the first year. Yeah. That's just actual bananas.
1: Absolutely Uh, insane, yeah.
0: Yeah, but good on him. And I'll see you all next month, lovelies. Bye.
1: Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. To get in touch with me, the titular Stace, you can follow me on Twitter at Stacey's Parlour, send an email to Parlor at gmail.com or come and join the Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour Facebook group. If you'd like to leave a review for the show, please do so on Apple Podcasts or over at podchaser.com. If you like what you heard enough to want to give me some money, which would be quite spectacular actually, you can go to coffee.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour. That's ko-fi.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour. The music that you're hearing right now is by the amazing band Starbomb and you should really check them out on Spotify, iTunes or on their website. Thanks for stopping by and I'll see you next month.